So Dylan, how was the game yesterday? It was awesome! Eat a dick, Titans fans! Bear down! My goodness, that was violent. My ball went in the trash. Oh, because you spiked it in the trash? I spiked it and went off the dishwasher into the garbage can. Nice. Yeah, didn't even try to do that. That's a good one. So anyway, welcome everybody to the homestand. Hello! I'm, I'm Austin Stevens. I'm Dylan Webster. Uh, Dylan? Wait, where are you going? Water. Oh, you're getting your water. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yes, Austin, you were saying. Do you enjoy getting a good night's sleep? I do. Have you always wanted something to put you right to sleep? I mean, I have a few things for that, but go on. I mean, you know, just, you know, you lay down, you go right to sleep, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, then what you need is the Sleepertron 3000. And now I actually, I received a drawing. It's just a mock-up. <coughs> From the company here, I received that. If you want to take a look at that, <laughs> so what this is, as you can see, so here's the bed, right? I see, yep. So there's your bed, um, and then there's you, right? And then this is a spring-loaded boxing glove filled with, <laughs> filled with cement. <laughs> so this, so this puppy, dude, your ads just keep getting better and better. So this puppy will just smack you right between the eyes, <laughs> knocking you out cold and dropping you back onto the bed for a perfect night's sleep. Now, I mean, ideally, that's the case. That's that's for some people. They're just going to crumble and hit the foot of the bed. Well, I mean, really, you should also get like a box to stand up on, you know, <laughs> so like it hits you and you just fall straight backwards. <laughs> anyway. Side effects may include memory loss. <laughs> no. <laughs> Side effects. Now, now you can't laugh because I have to read this disclaimer perfectly word for word, or we I will just, be sued. I just, I just thought of someone using it and then be like, "Man, I got good night's sleep, but I don't know how I got there." <laughs> Side effects may include memory loss, nosebleeds, going full retard, nightmares. <laughs> Oh wow! It's we, in the copy. I have to read this. You can't story. use that word. <laughs> night terrors, browning out, which <laughs> some people claim is sl is slight memory loss, but it's actually when you pass out and crap your pants. <laughs> loss of vision and death. <laughs> Order your Sleepertron three thousand today for just thirty five easy payments of twenty nine ninety nine, and make sure you use promo code Homestand at checkout for two percent off your total order and a free sleep mask. <laughs> Dude, can't say funny stuff when I'm trying to drink water. Don't drink water when I'm doing that. I, I couldn't help it. I thought the really funny stuff was over. But then you went into promo codes. We have promo codes now. <laughs> Let me repeat that. <laughs> Make sure you use promo code HOMESTAND for 2% off your total order and a free sleep mask. 2% off. It's not even worth it. Sleep a try 3000. Get the best sleep of your life, whether you like it or not. <laughs> no, I can tell this is the best ad you've ever done. Because it's no. making you laugh. I can't. Like, your stuff doesn't normally make you laugh like this. It's but the fact that, like, I'm laughing so hard and you can't get through it. That's how we know this is the best one. It's just so <laughs> It starts with the drawing. The it's drawing, so I'm going to take a picture of it so I can put it up on 
our Twitter page. It's just so stupid. <laughs> it's just a boxing glove filled with cement. <laughs> That's the best part. Filled with cement. Like, okay, boxing gloves one thing. Now it's filled with cement. You're not just gonna get a good night's sleep. You're gonna be in a coma. Yeah, it's like one of the green arrow trick arrows. <laughs> oh my god. So Dylan, what are we talking about today? <laughs> Who knows, man? Alright, well, uh, you, so, okay, so you went to the you went to the Bears Titans preseason game yes, I did. on Saturday. How was that? It was, I mean, it was fun. It would have been better if I didn't go by myself, but, you know, hey. I know, happen. I'm sorry. I wanted to oh, go, but it's it's a lot of money still for yeah. a preseason game. Well, when you just get in the house and everything, like, yeah, yeah I get that. Uh, it was still fun. Uh, I kind of, I planned it out oddly well. Yeah, um, it was a good game. Well, it was a good game, but I found good parking for cheaper than what I would have had to pay if I parked in like one of the Titans lots. Nice. The only thing is like my legs are sore because I had to walk quite a long ways. Plus, I had to walk across the pedestrian bridge, which I didn't realize had so much of an incline before you get to the actual bridge part. No, you got to get it over a river. Oh, it's a river. Yeah, it goes over the Cumberland. Oh, yeah. So like I didn't realize how much of an incline it was. And I started going. I was like, oh, this is (laughs) not going to be fun. But I. I was going at a pretty good pace, and I was like, okay, I'm feeling it. Plus, this fat drunk guy was walking up, too, and he was like, ah, oh, this, this is bullshit. I can't, I can't do it. And I was like, dude, I can do it. You can. <laughs> yeah, but he's drunk. It was you tr- weren't true, drunk yet. It's true, but still. Yeah. Like, I I just have the physique of a fat drunk man. <laughs> when, when, even when sober. <laughs> but, you, but, you live your life at that point. I live my life as a fat drunk man, even while sober. Yeah. That, there it is. Found a way to say it. But, uh, yeah, and then got to the stadium when the gates were already open, so just walked right in. Uh, found I picked the gate that was nearest to my seat, so I found my seat real quick, and then I just walked around the stadium a little bit, went into the fan shop and bought a couple souvenirs. The football that the football you being one. Yes, I bought a uh, Tennessee Titans uh, plush football, which... Which Tater's no. going to tear up within a week. He better not. Love that football already. Like I want to, like I want to frame it. I, I I just like having it. It's it's one. It's like a fidget spinner. Yeah, it's just something like I can mess with. Flip it around while I'm bored. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I also got a little souvenir from my brother. So Tyler, if you're listening, expect a gift next time I come home. Unless I forget it, then and unless he's not listening, and you also might not, not be listening. So yeah, uh, he said he does listen, but I don't know. we'll see how we'll see how consistent that is. Yeah. Um. Yeah, had you uh, been there before? I'd stadium? never been to Nissan Stadium before. It's now my third uh, NFL stadium I've been to. I've been to Soldier on yeah. three occasions. Yeah, I've been to the Edward Jones Dome, which is no longer an NFL stadium since which the, one Rams, was that? the Rams. The Rams moved right. from St. Louis to LA. Yeah, um, and then now I've been to Nissan Stadium. Nice. So I've got three down on my quest to go to every NFL stadium, <laughs> which is not going to happen. That is a tall feat. It is a, it is a think, hard thing to do, man. Let's see. I think I've been to three. I've been to Soldier. I've been to uh, the Edward Jones in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And then I never made it to SoFi in California because they didn't. The year that it started was COVID, so they didn't have fans. And, right. then, you know, we moved. So I didn't make it to that one. Um, and I didn't go to a game when they were at the Coliseum either, even though it was like down the street from us for a time, but we never went. Um, it's just so many people at that point. It's a lot of people. And there's still, you know, and, and there's already a bunch of people with LA. So 
Yeah. And then uh, Arizona. We went to that one. Okay. So, yeah. No, my the my main goal is to hit all 30 baseball stadiums. My dad had the same goal, but that's also just a really hard one to do. It is. And I and like me and my dad have talked about it before because I think he's at about 13 and I think I'm at 13. But we have like a, a few different ones. Mm-hmm. And we're like, I counted. Well, the thing as, is now, like between your dad, you count like the old ones that he's been to that aren't stadiums so, anymore. And do you count the new ones that you've been to that he hasn't been to? Well, so I count it as home games <clears throat> is what I'm counting. Gotcha. It as. Um, because obviously like, like which home team stadium have you been to regardless of whether it's like the like, older, the new one. Yeah. Like, uh, old Yankee stadium versus new Yankee stadium. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or like or the Comiskey park versus guaranteed rate field. Yeah. Which so is like just an awful name. So like my dad and I have both been to, to home Braves games, mm-hmm. but I've been to the new one. He's been to the old one, but I'm still counting that as, right. as you both been to a Braves game. Yeah. Because then it becomes, if you're trying to hit like all 30 current, like that actually probably is impossible. And my question is for people that other people that have that goal, like if you have hit all 30 and then like a new stadium opens, you then have to go to that new stadium to like still count for the all 30. I don't think so. I would I feel like, I I feel like it's wouldn't. a true like connoisseur of baseball stadiums. You have to. I mean, if you're hardcore, sure. If you're but just if for you're me, that pent up to travel yeah. all across the country. But just for me, I want to go. Actually, to technically with Toronto Blue Jays internationally. Yeah, it's true. Unless you go this year when they're playing in in new york i think they're back in toronto now are they yeah did they open it back up i think they yeah okay cool i think they got a special circumstance from canada to travel in and out okay cool uh yeah i just want to get 30 pin because i get a pennant when i go to that that team so i just want all 30 that i can hang up on the wall of just that team's home game and that's that's what i counted as gotcha so anyway back to the preseason game Yes. Um, where was I? So I found my seat, uh, walked around the stadium. Uh, it's a nice stadium. It's a little bit older, so there's not like as many features. But I felt like at least I kept comparing it to like soldiers since I've been there mm-hmm. three times. But there's definitely more like vendors and more just other stuff to do there than what soldier offers you. Because soldier is so old and there's so little yeah. space in there. Like there's not a whole lot for the fans like and there's definitely not enough bathrooms at soldier field that's why if you go to the bathroom you're basically sacrificing an entire quarter of football to go wait to do your business yeah whereas at nissan i feel like there was a bathroom and a beer vendor about every 10 to 15 feet good those are the two most important things exactly and there are a bunch of different options for food too uh there was like a there's a chicken place, there was a pizza place, and they're all like local restaurants too. So like they're supporting the local economy too, which I thought was nice. That's cool. Um, I had great seats. I was down in uh, section 122. I was in row J. Yeah, so I was like right there by. I the was field seeing the pictures. The you were close. I well, first thing I did when I got there was I went all the way down to the very edge of the railing, right by the field, and I took a picture because I was I just happened to be on on the side of the Bears were warming up on. Ooh, nice. So I watched uh some defensive linemen do some drills i watched justin fields and nick Foles uh throw a little bit to some receivers i got to watch justin fields warm up his uh sidearm throw which was really <laughs> cool to see yeah especially when he threw he's throwing it to nick Foles, and then nick Foles just doing standard traditional overhand yeah and it's like come on nick jazz it up a bit no just just for fun he can't even do the basic stuff he doesn't need to jazz it i up. mean he can it's just it's not the same no 
but it's not the same at all. Uh, I yeah, the first thing I did was I started looking around. I was like, "Where's Justin?" Yeah, and he was right there in the middle of the field throwing balls, and I was just like, "Snapchat, <laughs> send it to everybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> even the people that don't care about football. You're getting it. I don't care." I was expecting I I had the game on because since it was local, I could stream it on ABC, mm-hmm. and I was expecting a tweet a, a text or Snapchat every time there was a touchdown. So I thought about doing that, but I didn't want to be one of those people that has their phone out the entire game. Fair enough. Because I'm I'm sorry, I'm old school. I like to just live in the moment and enjoy it. Oh, like, yeah. There were definitely a couple of times since I was in uh, sitting in one of the end zones. Uh, I pulled, definitely pulled my phone out when like the Bears were going to score uh, one of their touchdowns. It was uh, the first Nick Foles to Jesper Horstead touchdown pass. Okay. I definitely pulled it out for that just because. It's right there in front of me. And I, I don't know why, but I just had a feeling like, I think they're going to score here. So I pulled my phone out and started recording. And yeah. then just so happened to work out. And you got it. Yep. And it was Jesper's second touchdown. I was like, man, he's he's having a good day. Nice. And then he rips off a long <laughs> touchdown pass. Like the next drive into the other end zone. I was like, it's three touchdowns. And this is when I actually made Titans fans angry. Oh, yeah. I know that because they gave me death glares. <laughs> and I know what a death glare is. I've gotten them many times before. but. Oh, Jesper just made an amazing one-handed catch, just stuck his hand out, popped the ball in the air a little bit, brought it back down with his helmet, went, secured it, turned up field, saw there was no one there. Yeah. And he gives a little, just a finger motion, Figured like, out. hey, we're going, we're going forward. Yep. And he knew he was in the end zone, ran it in. And I just start jumping up, start screaming. The guy, I look, turn around, the guy behind me got his hand up, so I give him a high five. Yeah. And I was just like, I was like, I can't believe it. I was like, that was our number four tight end. And he's got one, two, count them, three touchdowns on your number one defense today. Just think about that. And I looked and I saw people giving me death cards. And I was like, I need to leave. (laughs) Because I've seen too many fights already in NFL games this preseason. I'm not about to be on Twitter getting my ass kicked. There's been several fights. Yeah. The The one in LA was just crazy. What was the LA one? I saw the Pittsburgh one. It was... A dude basically getting one Rams fan basically trying to fight off like five other Rams fans and one Chargers fan. Why? Because he's a badass and he's got to <laughs> prove his dominance with authority. And the thing was, I don't know, a woman threw a drink at him. So he turned around and he tried to just slap all five guys that were yelling at him at the same time. And then they start like pulling on him. And then the dude that's like behind him starts like pushing him with his feet into him. So he's just feeding him to the sharks. Yeah. And, oh, it was crazy. But yeah, I wanted to get out before that tried to happen to me. Right. And so I was, I was done. Plus, like before the game, there was a man in his mid to late 30s who had clearly been drinking all day, talking trash with like a 10 year old that thought the preseason mattered. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, it that's was a fun it was a whole situation I didn't want to get involved in. And then I realized because I sat there before the game, I was like, I'm just going to relax i'm gonna enjoy some football i'm not gonna get all amped up and then football happened and i was like football it's football it doesn't like like i got i got amped up with justin fields getting to see justin fields play i got amped up with uh bears getting a pick six early on um yes and i I reverted back to just my competitive side where i was like i want my team to win yeah and i didn't realize when i was yelling that i was yelling until afterwards and i'm just like i'm probably being a dick no man it's football but that's the thing is like i just get excited and then again once i started 
talking trash in regards to how good Jesper Horstead was playing. <laughs> Never thought I'd get to end. that point. Nope. Never th- he's a dude that probably team. literally wasn't going to make the roster until last night. Oh, yeah, he's making the team. And I was just like, I need to leave. So I grabbed my bag of souvenirs and I just walked up the stadium and left. I was like, I don't Booty even care. Scooted out of there. I was like, I don't even care to finish the game. And then on my way back, I realized that they, the final score and they won. I was like, yes. Yeah. So the bears are now three and one in games that I have attended. Nice. Uh, they, when I was a kid, I went and saw them play the Arizona Cardinals back when, uh, Brian Urlacher was, I don't think in only like his second or third year. Uh, okay. the only part I remember from that game was RW McCorders scoring on a scoop and score fumble recovery. Uh, then I watched them play against the Minnesota Vikings. I went with my buddy Matt Share, mm-hmm. and the Bears lost that game on a la- uh, late field goal by the Vikings. Sad. Yeah, disappointing. But that was also, I don't know, there was also other problems with that game. Mainly, <laughs> I also got to see Cutler run over a dude. Ooh, and that's nice. the part that got me. Yeah. Because that was the game everyone was just talking trash on Cutler. But then he runs over a defensive back to get in the end zone. Yep. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, Jay Cutler's so good. No, you sit down. You don't disrespect my boy and then jump on the bandwagon at the end. <laughs> Hate it. Is that when your love affair with him started? Oh, I'm before that. Like, as soon as Cutler got traded, I was like, we finally have a quarterback. I mean, we did and then I realized, And then I realized we had Lovey Smith as a coach. And I was like, mm, That's still not true. there. Yeah. Yeah, so. It's it's been a whole thing. I've always liked Jay. I like that he doesn't care about anything outside of football. Mm-hmm. Like he's just there to play football and win games. Yeah. Like everyone's like, oh, he's got such an apathetic attitude. I was like, okay, and yeah. Like, and not everyone needs to be Peyton Manning and be charismatic, and not everyone needs to be an a hole like Tom Brady and Philip Rivers. Like, just he just wants to play football. Let him play football. Yep. I didn't understand why it was someone's job at Fox to always have the camera on him. <laughs> like, he's not giving you anything other than the same Jay Cutler look. You have one cameraman. Who's like, you could literally put the picture from any game, and that's what Jay Cutler looks like. It's the Cutler cam. Yeah. That was someone's job at Fox. Trained on him the whole time. That yeah. Was, that was ridiculous. You got to get that stone-cold stare for the entire game. <laughs> just that just that resting bitch face. Yeah. Uh, and then you and I went to the Bears-Rams game, which was on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, what is it? Is me, you, me, you, soup. Uh, soup, and my buddy Sean, who yep. lives up in Chicago, because Dan got shipped overseas. Dan was overseas, and Jordan and couldn't jo- make it. Jordan couldn't make it to a night game. Yep. Yeah. And my buddy Sean was already up there, so he just met us at the stadium, and we had a grand old. Time. Oh man, that was a that great was, game. I will say that was that was one difference between Soldier and Nissan in terms of experience. Like, when we were at that Bears game, we were standing up the whole time. Like We, we were. We had yeah. seats, but we were not sitting at also, all, other was, than, like, during TV breaks. Yeah. And just when, like, our feet got like tired. Time. Yeah. But it was freezing. So, if we True. if we weren't standing up, we probably would have frozen solid. Whereas at Nissan, I was sitting most of the time, except for when, like, big plays happened or they were by the goal line down where I was. That was the only huh. time I stood. And I was just like, I just remember sitting there at one point, like, I don't remember sitting this much at any Bears game I've been to. Yeah. Just for me, that was like, okay, a little bit different experience. I still had a good time. It's weird because I kind of, I think about football and probably basketball as stand-up sports. Mm -hmm. And baseball is a sit-down sport. Well, baseball, there's not a whole lot of action happening all the time, whereas like basketball, hockey, and football, there's action constantly happening. 
Although with football, like you do get breaks in there, like breaks in the action, but they're not super long breaks. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just something about football, it makes you want to stand up and watch. Because if something good happens, you're jumping around, you're excited. And if something bad happens, at least in my case, I'm still jumping around and I'm angry. Yeah. And I don't like emotions, but the same actions. It just, it is what it is. Yeah. Oh, it was it was fun. I had to get out of there before I got beat up by anybody. Uh, also, I had to walk back across the pedestrian bridge, and that also <laughs> that sucked. Uh, That's true. I hadn't thought about the <clears throat> the journey there. It was also the journey back. Well, then to the parking garage, it was all uphill too. So yeah, my legs are killing me right now, <laughs> and I didn't realize it until I woke up this morning, went to take Tater outside, and I was like, oh, this this hurts. Yeah, and it's it's been a while since I've walked that far. So how did Justin Fields look? He got the start. He got the start. He looked okay. Play calling wasn't great to begin. Yeah. Also, when your O line just looks horrible, like was um, it the starters O line? It was. It was the starting offensive line. So right. here's here's one problem. Uh, Jermaine Ifedi does not need to be a starter. He definitely doesn't need to be playing right tackle. Okay. He needs to be a guard, if anything, and he or he can be like a swing tackle. You bring in on like a jumbo package and hit the goal line or just short guard situations. Because then he can just be like a body you throw in. But if you're expecting him to keep a very fast defensive end or outside linebacker off your quarterback, that's not going to go well Mm -hmm. because he, he's not very good with his feet, at least from the tackle position. And he got beat multiple times last night, but luckily Justin feels as good as is good at escaping the pocket, which is what he did on his touchdown pass the Horstead, right? Which was a thing of beauty. And I was right down the sideline when I watched it. And when he first lets it go, you're thinking, okay, he's just getting rid of it. And then you see it just start to tail back in. And you're just like, oh, no, he found something. Yeah. And then Jesper did a great job boxing this guy out, putting, sticking his hands out, and basically going, basically making it where, like, I'm going to put myself in a position where only I can catch this catch ball. It, yeah. And Justin put it in the spot where only he could get to it. And it yeah. was awesome. Thank it was beauty. perfect. <clears throat> I, it was so exciting to watch that. Yeah, O-line did not look great. Uh, Jason Peters looked okay from what I watched of him. Um, with a guy being 39 years old and basically not being a part of NFL action until last week. Hmm. I was expecting him to kind of look a little bit slow, but he got right into things. Uh, did a great job getting his body set. Uh, got beat a few times, but that's going <coughs> to happen to anybody. Yeah. But I think... It, think now that they've got a couple weeks before they play the Rams and give him a few more reps, especially against guys like Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack. I think he's going to get himself at least somewhat ready for week one. And there's kind of build from there. Hopefully he can stay healthy. The interior didn't look great either. Uh, James Daniels and Cody Whitehair got beat quite a lot, which I was surprised to see because they're two of our better offensive linemen. Yeah. Still not great, but still two of the better ones. And then, I don't know. Moosefer had a couple dumb penalties in there. It just seemed like the thing the Titans were doing is uh, their defensive front was moving around a lot before the snap. And I think that was messing with how their blocking schemes were going. Mm, Yeah. I watched a breakdown from uh, Brian Baldinger today. And I mean, that's basically what it was like. The movement up front is kind of affecting them. And I think that's something they really need to look at over the next two weeks because L.A. does that a lot, especially with a guy like Aaron Donald. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, they move. That's going to be dangerous. 
So, uh, let's see. Other than that, receivers weren't great either. Uh, Jesper Horstead had himself a game. Horstead. He worked himself into the roster. Rodney Adams, I Rodney still Adams like. Rodney Adams really good, yeah. I still like that kid. He's he's one of those guys that, like, every play he's given maximum effort. Whereas some of your other lower level or, like, your kind of backup wide receivers, they're not giving it their all, and they're not just real good at creating space for themselves. Yeah. Which makes it a lot harder for Justin to make really good throws. So he's really got to focus more. Also, when you can't, you just, they just couldn't run the ball. Again, with going well, back to the offensive line, yeah, when that was and that was the thing, the offensive line they couldn't run block at all. Yeah, like it was it was bad to watch. Khalil Herbert did his best to get himself in space and create moves, and I liked. I, I also liked him in the return game too. Mm-hmm. Um, defense, I felt was pretty good for the most part. Yeah, um, DBs are oof, DBs are rough. But that front seven is pretty solid, yeah. especially the D-line. D-line's a deep group. Um, linebackers are pretty solid. Even our young guys like Snowden and Travis Gibson, uh, they're going to be good assets there. Uh, Roquan and I – actually, I actually was pretty impressed with Danny Trevathan last night, despite him kind of getting up there in age. Yeah. And he, he had I, a couple of good plays. <clears throat> he looked kind of slow to me last year, <clears throat> whereas last night he did not look slow at all. Like, he looked like he's kind of back. So, I don't know if there was some kind of issue with him last year that was slowing him down, but he looks like he's back up to speed now. Good. Excellent. Uh, yeah, DB's just going to be a rough spot for them this year just because they really don't have anybody. Jalen Johnson is – well, we don't know if he's good yet or not because he only had the one year and he was opposite Kyle Fuller. I think he's got high-end potential. Yeah, uh, Desmond Trufant's on the roster, but he hasn't played a lot in the preseason just because they want to keep him healthy, just in case. Mm-hmm. But they, I heard so much good talk about Kendall Vildor, uh, yeah, this, during training camp and OTAs and all that, and then we get to the preseason. That's just who everyone has been targeting. It's either him and Duke Shelley, and those are the two guys that I heard the most hype about coming out of training camp. And I'm just like, hey, this isn't good. Yeah, but there's also a chance that a lot of good corners are going to get released here. Uh, before the season starts. So hopefully the Bears can make a few moves and bring some guys in that can be serviceable at either the nickelback or uh, stick them outside as well, maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, there's just a lot of issues with the DBs, which is unfortunately a common theme with the Bears in my history with growing up with them. Yeah. Either your safeties are good and your corners suck, or your corners are good and your safeties suck. Yes. There's no, like, good overall corner group which must, because must we bring out <clears throat> chris conti chris conti is a bag of ass <laughs> there's no other way for me to say it how that man stayed the league for as long as he did i'll never understand oh wait yes i do lovey smith yep because once he left the bears he went right down to tampa and played for lovey but yeah. then once lovey smith left the nfl you know who, what chris conti didn't have a job yep thank goodness he's he's just god awful He's fast and he can make big plays, but the problem is, is everyone can see when he's like going to go break for the ball. And if yeah. you just pump fake, you got him. Or yeah, if you terrible. ask him to play any kind of coverage, he's like, "Oh, what do I do? Oh, not that. Oh, okay, let him score a touchdown. Yeah. Oh, I'm playing cover two. Let me run up to the line. Why? Why are you running up? You're in cover two. You're the you're the last line of defense." No one should be running behind you in cover two or cover three or cover anything. 
he's not good. I hate Chris. Carson. But look, the the best thing that happened to the Bears though recently, mm-hmm. you know, all this preseason talk, Javon Wims was cut. Javon Wims was finally cut, and all of Bears fandom rejoiced because we have not wanted him on the team ever since he threw yeah. that sucker punch at uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson of yeah. the Saints. There's not a single Bears fan that wanted that man on the team. I don't know of anybody that was like, oh, why did we get rid of him? No, because he did that, and also he's, <clears throat> also he's just terrible. I also loved that uh, I got an update from my NFL app, and it was like Bears released uh, fourth-year receiver who has, and then they listed stats. I'm like, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> like, those those – I think he like, has is this like supposed to be a spin. Are you trying to pump up like Javon Wims? There, he has like I can't even remember now. It's fifty some catches. Like in four years, he has fifty some catches. That means he's bad. That's he's very bad. Also, how many drops does he have? Because it's a lot. I don't know, but this yeah, they cut Wims and then re-signed <clears throat> a defensive back that they'd already cut. Earlier. Which to me Deontay says, Ruffin. hey, you're so bad, we're going to bring back this guy that we already thought was bad. Yeah. Just because we need more depth <clears throat> at that position. I love the NBC Sports headline is, Bears wave Javon Wims, wide receiver who punched Saints DB in week eight. Yeah. That's the headline. <laughs> because that's how everyone knows him. <laughs> that's literally what I saw on Twitter. It's like, don't forget this gem from Javon Wims, and it's the clip of him just... First off, trying to rip a mouthpiece off of the guy's face mask and then just sucker punching him. Yeah. And it's like, what What did you think that was going to accomplish? You know you're going to get ejected. You know there's going to be a 15-yard penalty against your team. He's like, just an idiot. He's I just don't a know, complete idiot. I don't know why he lasted the rest of the season to start, and I don't know why he was brought back. I know, like, cutting him wasn't going to give you a whole lot of salary cap space, but still, it should have been done. Yeah. He shouldn't... I've I've told you and Dan this multiple times. If I was in charge of that team, he would have been off the roster before he hit the locker room. Yeah. I would have gone, I literally would have gone down to the locker room myself and been like, get your stuff, get out. You're not even on this team anymore. That's a garbage move. Go to the locker room and just keep walking. I don't, I don't need any punks on my team like that. Nope. Like you're not helping yourself. You're not helping your team. I don't want you to hear, get out. That I would have had far more expletives in there, but since we're on the podcast, I'm not going to go into it. Good. Thank you. But yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know how guys like that have stay on a team for that long. I think the bears were just in a situation where they couldn't really let people go because guys were getting hurt. Kind of. But I, I still, I still understand bringing him back even for training camp this year. That's, that's surprising. Yeah. You that, could definitely find some, I else. thought he was going to be one of the first cuts when it got to that time and he wasn't, I was surprised. And then they didn't bring in any, I thought when they brought in Demir Bird, that might be the time they did it. And then when they brought in Marquise Goodwin, I thought that could be the time. And he just kept staying on. I was like, I swear, if this dude makes the roster and is there week one against the Rams, I'm going to lose it. So mad. And then I'm back out. <clears throat> I wasn't. No, I was going to be back gone, out. At so this I'm point, I'm like chest deep in the water because no, I got to watch Justin Fields play in person. It was three fantastic. months ago. We were like, nah, we're out on the three months ago. I packed up all my bear stuff in a garbage bag and threw it in the corner of my closet. And now most of that stuff is out. Gosh, you're ridiculous. I wore my Cutler jersey to the game. I had my Bears hat on. I've got my Chicago Bears sleeveless shirt on right now. It's very hard for me to be out when you're so in. Because I want to stand by my principles of what, I, of what we all decided on three months ago. Yeah, and, and then Justin like, Fields got drafted. Yeah, and then the draft happened. And you're like, nah, I'm back in. 
I wasn't fully back in yet. I liked the decision to get Fields, and then I liked when they got uh, Tevin Jenkins, even though he's now got a back issue, and we don't know if we're going to see him this year or not, which I hope we do, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Larry Borum was a good draft choice. Khalil Herbert's looking like he could be a good pickup. Uh, Daz Newsom put a Daz Newsom who got drafted in the sixth round, I think he put a move on a dude that made the dude grab at air, and I loved it. <laughs> I was down. That was actually down right by me too. So I watched it all happen up front, and up close and personal. Yeah, and <laughs> he runs a little flat route, and normally when the guy catches the ball, he's supposed to keep going outside. Yeah. Not Daz. He stuck his foot in the ground and came back inside, and just the DB was like, "Whoa, oh." <laughs> No idea where he And went. then you watch the replay, and the DB literally just, like, he realizes as he moves forward, he's like, yep, I'm toast. <laughs> and then he just turns around and was like, what? And, oh, I wanted Daz to just run it in from there, but unfortunately got caught. But then the next play, Jesper scored his second touchdown. So Of course he did, yep. Yeah. Cool. I feel, like, after this draft, I felt better about the direction they were going. I just needed to see... See it happen. I needed to action. see results, and I needed to see like what the game plan was for the rest of the season. Yeah. So obviously, Andy Dalton got named uh, QB one officially, right? For Week One against the Rams, I still say Week Two is up in the air, but we'll see how Dalton plays. I At this point, if Dalton plays like absolute poo in yeah. the first half against the Rams, all of Bears Twitter is gonna be like put in, put fields. in fields, and then Week Two is gonna be like start fields like. And the Bears are going to have a very tough decision to make, which apparently Nagy told Justin, you need to make this decision as hard as possible for us. Yeah. You need to go out there and play to where, like, we have to at least consider it. I think he's done that. He has. Because they, it doesn't seem like they're gung-ho about Dalton starring. It's just at the point where, like, okay, we made him this promise. It's why he came here. It's why he agreed to sign with us. We at least have to follow through on our part. Yeah. Which, on one hand, is admirable. Yes. That they want to stand by their word and prove that they're an organization that when they say something to a free agent, they're going to follow through on it. Yeah. But at the same time, when you say stuff like, we're going to play the best quarterback possible, and then Justin Fields, who has clearly been the better quarterback of the two, is not starting, it also seems like you're also not sticking to your word and what you tell the fan base. But so, But at the same time, you need to hold more of your truth to the players than you do the fans. Yes. And I think that having your rookie QB sit behind the veteran for a couple of games, especially when has, that first game is against a uh, very tough defense and a man named Aaron Donald, who is literally the Hulk in human form. Yes. And plus like not even related to the game at all. I want to give Andy Dalton the Bengals revenge game. Not re- not revenge, but you know. Well, it is a revenge game. Yeah, let's and be it's honest. only and it's week two, so like, why not? I don't. I still feel like week two would be the best point to get Fields in because the Bengals' defense is not great. So I feel like it's a good opportunity for him to like jump in against yeah. an iffy defense. But if I understand, I understand giving Dalton. Dalton that game. Yeah, uh, but then you, from then you on, and I, you and I, Dan, you you I and Dan have talked about, it, and now we're looking at maybe like week six. Unless yeah. the Bears start like four and one. I mean, originally <clears throat> we were like bye week. Because their bye week is now, week 10, I believe. That now even seems too late, I think. I think at this point it absolutely is too late. I could see Fields starting by week four or five. Yeah. Possibly week three if Dalton just absolutely unless, goes out and sucks. Yeah, unless, like you said, they go four and one and Dalton if, looks good. If they lose those first two games, I think they'll go. They'll make straight, a move. They'll go straight to Fields. Yeah. 
especially if the offense moves like they did last year where like it just wasn't doing anything I think so. because Justin at least adds a different dynamic to that offense with his ability to run the ball and escape the pocket and he is quick he's so fast I think week two I think preseason week two he logged the third fastest field sprint time of the whole of the whole NFL oh, yeah. he was the third fastest are you looking yeah. it up uh, I'm actually looking up his stats from the preseason. Okay. okay. Yeah, I think I think that's what it was. All right, so Justin Fields' final preseason stats. He Got went it. 30 of 49 passing for Good. 276 yards, 92 rushing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 96.98 passer rating. He did all that without having a single first-team starter to throw to. He didn't have Al Robinson, no yep. Darnell Mooney, no yep. Marquise Goodwin, yep. no Demir Bird. Yep. Didn't have Jimmy Graham. Didn't have Cole Komet. He had uh, Damian Williams as his running back for like one series a game. Yeah. And then he went to Khalil Herbert. He His tight ends that he threw to were Jesper Horstead, uh-huh. Scooter Harrington, which... Scoot McGoot. That dude sucks. <laughs> I literally watched that dude drop everything thrown his way yesterday. <laughs> and that's even by like coaches. Yeah. Like, going through just standard receiver drills, and it ball's hitting him in his hands, and he's dropping it. I'm just like, yeah, buddy, it's he's just not your year. He's a blocking tight end. He's he's something, man. But also, when a tight end wears a number in the 40s, I just can't take you seriously. Oh, that's weird. You're really meant to be a fullback at that point. Yeah. Like, you're clearly a fullback or just, like, there to play special teams. Yeah, that's a weird number. <clears throat> but, I mean, that's... That's what I'm most impressed with Fields about. Like, all these other rookie quarterbacks, they've had first-team reps. Mac Jones has played with the first-team Patriots. Yeah. Trey Lance has played with first-team Niners. And, in fact, today uh, they rotated between him and Jimmy G. Okay. Which was interesting to see that happening. Yeah. Because I think Kyle Shanahan is going to be doing that a lot in the first couple weeks until Trey Lance is officially ready to start. Huh. Um. Trevor Lawrence is only taking reps with the first team at this well, point. Well, yeah. And then Zach Wilson's only taking reps with the first team. Because there's nobody else. Yeah, because there's – I mean, he had – Lawrence had a competition with Gardner Minshew, who then got traded once he lost the competition, so I doubt that competition was ever actually real. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, both, obviously your first two picks in Lawrence and Wilson have only taken first team reps. Yeah. And so, yeah, like every rookie quarterback has looked good. But they've looked good throwing to really good players. Mm-hmm. Fields has been throwing to guys that aren't going to make the roster, that aren't going to make any roster. If And if they make anything, it'll be someone's practice squad. Yeah. So the fact that he put up those numbers, again, not throwing to guys like Allen Robinson, who is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, come at me. I don't care what anyone else says. No, he, he is. really is. He's, he's just top had, 10. He's had subpar quarterback play his entire career, and he's still one of the best. Yeah. Darnell Mooney, who's an – who's a sleeper in a lot of fantasy leagues and a lot of people listen to him as like the breakout player for this year. Yep. And then Marquise Goodwin, who's got a lot of good speed and is an absolute dominant deep threat mm-hmm. despite, you know, a lot of people not really knowing who he is, but he's got wheels. He's a proven talent. And then Demir bird, who's got a lot of talent. Yeah. And then you have Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet who are prototypical tight ends, big guys that you can pretty much just chuck the ball up. They'll go get it. Yeah. He hasn't had any of that, but he will. He will week, eventually. I'm, week I'm, five. I'm going to say week four. Okay. I don't even know who they play week four, but that's just my know. target. Let's. I'll look it up. Keep I, talking about something. I just, I just, I'm more impressed. I'm just more impressed with Fields. And granted, that's going to be obviously biased because I'm a Bears fan. 
Yeah. But at the same time, like you look at the you look at the sample size between all the other rookie quarterbacks, and Fields has had to have the hardest time against it. Okay, I'm going to change mine to week six. You're what? going to say four. I'm going to say four. Who do they play week four? Four is the Lions. Oh yeah, definitely. So four. yeah, and I'm going to say that. six with the Packers. Ooh, that'd be an interesting first start. Yeah. So it's Rams, Bengals, Browns. I'm definitely going to Lions, Raiders, Packers. Wait, uh, Rams, Bengals, Bengals, Browns, Lions, Raiders, Packers. Yeah, I'm definitely going to stick the week four, and I'm going to go six because I don't know how good the Lions' defense is going to be under Dan Campbell, but it's not going to be good. I mean, granted, just looking at how much Trubisky carved them up over his years, because Trubisky always balled out against Detroit. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see them being like, okay, we already know how to beat Detroit. Granted, it's a new organization, but a lot of the same players are there. Or new coaching staff, but a lot of the same players are there. Mm-hmm. But they have a good idea of how to attack Detroit. And if you add Justin Fields into that, oh, boy. Dude could light it up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm... I don't know, I'm excited for this year. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic, obviously, which is fair. Which is fair to be, yeah. Because if you go all in, if you go like head in, like I am right now, like that's how you end up getting hurt. Yeah, especially so when you don't been, wear proper headgear. Yeah, especially when you <laughs> have the Sleepatron 3000. <laughs> Boy, I'm gonna be using that every night to fall asleep. Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah. At least, All right, what else do you want to talk about? At least until it cracks your skull open. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? Uh, I don't even we know. We got like 10, 15 minutes. 10, 15 minutes? What can we talk about in 10, 15 minutes? Uh, Javi Baez. Uh, yeah, Javi Baez, as we talked before the show, not getting a whole lot of love in New York from Mets fans. Yeah. So. Because they don't like his inconsistencies. That's the thing with Javi is like he's he can be very good and he can also be very bad. Yeah. And it's he goes through these hot and cold spells. It just it's literally what hobby you get that day. Uh, I don't know. He's he's had some good moments in New York. He's still doing like his typical El Mago stuff where like he makes a good play in the field or he gets like a nice slide into a base to avoid a tag. Yeah. Um, or he hits a home run. Hits a home run. Deck. But then like he'll hit him to a double play. He'll make an error and he'll get aggressive on the base pass and it comes back to bite him in the ass. Like, yeah. That's just how Javi's always been. With with the Cubs fan base, we pretty much take it for what it, it is. Because you see it every day. Yeah. Which, <clears throat> and granted, he went through a great hot streak in 2016 and 2017. Like, he was, it didn't seem like he could do anything wrong. Like, we kept yeah. saying, I know I was aboard the Baez for MVP train, so much so that I made it my uh, parents' Wi-Fi password. But that was also <laughs> to make my dad angry because he doesn't like Javi Baez. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, like I've wanted him to win a gold glove forever just because he's got that ability to make just outstanding plays in the field. But at the same time, you know, he gets a little bit careless and he makes an errant throw and it makes him look stupid. Yeah. It's the same thing on the base pass. He can steal any base at any time, but there's times where he either doesn't get a good jump or he misjudges what the pitcher's going to do or what the catcher's going to do. And he ends up looking stupid. Yeah. With Javi, you got to take the bad with the good. Like, there's no other way to do it. He's not going to be great every day. So the fans... He's going to be super fun to watch. Yeah. So the fans are booing him. Yeah, they are. And now, I, this literally just happened. Uh, in their game today, he hit a home run. 
and his celebration crossing home was giving a thumbs down to the fans. Ooh. <laughs> and he said, wow. We, his explanation was, we can't have our fans against us. So he crossed home and he, which, and he thumbs down the fans. Which I will agree with him on that because Mets fans very much are just whenever their team is doing badly, like they don't ever try to show any kind of support, which I won't I won't front. The Mets have been very bad ever since the All-Star break. Yeah, uh, they they've been handed so many opportunities to run away with that division and they just, they just won't do it. They absolutely will I not know. do it. He says, in in my case, the fans got to be better. It's just how I feel. I love the fans. I like playing for the fans, but we can't have our fans against us. And then the thumbs down was to let them know that when we don't get success, we're going to get booed. So they're going to get booed when we do get success. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's basically his way of booing the fans every time they do something good. Yeah. Okay, I kind of like that. But that's, I mean, that's another part of Javi. Like the whole, uh, the whole walk off he had in one of his last games against the Reds, like, uh, yeah, off of um, of Mir Garrett, because oh, him, and, him, yeah, and, yeah, him yeah. and Garrett have a history. Good so when he went up gosh. there in the first pitch, he hits a long fly ball in the outfield that was either going to be a sack fly or be a base hit, and either way, it was bringing in the run for the winner. Yeah, like he doesn't. I didn't like how he didn't run down to first. Yeah. Person, just personally, I didn't like that because that's part of the old school mentality. My dad taught me from playing you ball. Go to like first you and always, you, touch you first. always run to first. Yeah, and he didn't. He's straight pimp walked, yeah, all the way down the first baseline, talking trash through the bat, through the bat in the vicinity of Garrett, not at him, but in the vicinity. Yeah, and the whole time was just oh, and that like at first I was angry about it, but then when you look at it a few more times and you think about the situation. And you think about like everything Javi's going through with like not getting an extension from the Cubs, um, looking to, like he knows he's in trade rumors and all that. Mm-hmm. And then you go up against this guy that you absolutely do not like and does not like you. They and hate each other. And it's That's and the Cubs say. and Reds have become a heated rivalry once again. Yeah. Which is weird to say, but at the same time, like cool. The whole the whole in all central. Except for the pirates, because the pirates suck. The pirates are just the, like that chill person that's just happy to be at the party. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad I'm here. Guys. Whereas everyone, it's <laughs> it's it's like one of those reality shows where people get invited to the house, and yeah. like everyone like picks that person they don't like, and like they're all like competition. And then the pirates are this that one chick that is only in like the first episode. And she's like, I'm just here for free booze. Yeah, like that's that. it. That's all that it is. <laughs> I'm, that everybody like, else, I'm just, I'm just like, happy to be. I'm just happy to be here. Whereas everyone else is like, I'm gonna kill you. Yep. But yeah, so like looking, thinking through all that again, like I was cool with Javi being like that. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool that like he comes up, like he's not like he hadn't played that game. He just came up to pinch hit, and on one pitch ends the game against this dude that was just talks mad trash, even though he's not good. I will say that again for any Reds fans who are listening. Amir Garrett is trash. I hate him. He's look at his career ERA. He sucks. Yes. He's he's not he's not a good relief. Yeah, he can throw gas. But he also just sucks. Like I don't understand this dude. Also, you can't trash talk Anthony Rizzo. I know, yeah. How how does anyone trash talk the man when he can smile like that? And you just, just how do you look at Anthony Rizzo having fun playing baseball and smiling and think I don't like that dude? He's just a teddy bear. Also him and Freddie Freeman is oh well, probably God. the greatest friendship in baseball history. I love it. I'll put it right up there 
it's probably going to be offensive, but I'll put it right up there with like Pee Wee Reese and Jackie Robinson. Nah, it's fine. Like we've we've come a long way since then. I I, it's a I lot still of love the video of the rundown where Rizzo's like Frederick, Frederick! and then the picture of them hugging at first base when the Braves were playing the the Yankees. Yankees. Oh, I almost said Cubs, and I was like, he's not with the Cubs not anymore. The Cubs. I had to, and then I had to think of what team he's with. Sad tears. Oh, it still hurts. But and then Schwar- no, no, let's just oh, go yeah, on a Schwarber. former Cubs yeah. kid right now. Schwarber's killing it, coming off uh, the injured list for the Red Sox. Dude has literally been the hottest hitter in baseball for the stretch of time before and after he came off IL. So now the Cubs just look stupid for not. Well, he started the first bypassing him and then signing Jock Peterson for, I think, three million dollars less and then trading Jock Peterson after four months. Well, look, Schwarber started the year like the first couple of months. He was hitting like 150. True. It's not until recently that he started getting hot. And he also ended last year hitting like crap. So. It's not like this, you could have foreseen this. Everybody, I mean, I, calling for I understand it. that, but still, like it's Schwarber. I love, I love me Schwarps. Love me some Schwarps. Yeah, I guess. But if like he needed to go, I don't think he needed to go. I think they need, they need better hitting, like just better hitting, hitting coaches, like, better hitting coaches, and better just people around. To I don't know. It's. It just seems like since 2016, they have forgotten how to hit like they used to. Well, I'll yeah. say since 2017. 2017, they were still good. Yeah. They just went up against a really good Dodger team. Yes. So, yeah, ever since like 2017, they just forgot how to make solid contact on the ball. And everything became about launch angles and exit velocity, which I understand. That's the whole league. Though. Which I, I understand that's the whole league. But at the same time, you have teams that are just making solid contact while also being successful with launch angle and exit velocity. It was it went from everyone just trying to swing through the zone to everyone trying to lift up through the zone. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. That's just me personally. <clears throat> Chris Bryant's doing pretty well with the Giants. Yeah. I think they might extend him actually. Really? One I did see one report where the Giants are happy with him and they would like him to stay, but Chris Bryant has also repeatedly said he Wrigley is home and he wants to go back home. Yeah. And apparently he told his agent, Scott Boris, who's like the top agent in baseball, that Chris Bryant is the one in charge. Oh, really? So I I really think I really think KB wants to come back to the Cubs. I don't know if they want him back, though, because they would have just extended him. They did not. They did not talk to him about an extension since 2016. I don't know. We'll see what happens with free agency this year, because. You're looking at a lot of former Cubs that like the organization and want to come back. So you have Anthony Rizzo, who said he wants first said he never wanted to leave. The only two that I he wants can to see, come back. The only two I can see coming back are Rizzo and Bryant. I don't see Baez coming back. I don't see Schwarber coming oh, back. Oh, another former Cub, Nick Castellanos, as report is is reportedly going to opt out of his contract with the Reds. So that's yeah. another former Cub that may come back because Castellanos had a ball. During I mean, it would be great. Cubs. I would for sure take him over Hayward. But oh, yeah. It's a different team now. He was only with the Cubs for half a year. I don't. He, but it wasn't just like the, it wasn't just like the people there. He loved the organization in the city. I just don't. I don't see that. Granted, I think much. it'll be different. I think it'll be different without Joe Madden there because that was the guy like he really liked. Yeah, but I mean, it's Ross. Yeah. So. He, I mean, hey, granted, he he probably ran into Grandpa Ross even multiple times. So I'm sure he's cool with him. Yeah. But yeah, uh, there's it's a whole lot 
whole lot of options for the Cubs this year. Also, Patrick Wisdom is a beast. I love Patrick Wisdom. Patrick Wisdom is about to break the Cubs single-season rookie home run record in far less at-bats than anyone else who was on that list. When did Brian, Brian did it in 15? Brian did it in 15. He had 26 home runs. And I think he didn't play the first eight games because of the whole service time issue. And he may have had like a handful of games that he didn't play in. But, I mean, Wisdom got brought up in May this yeah. year. And he hasn't started until they got rid of everybody. Yeah, he was really only in there because KB was hurt. Mm-hmm. And then he started doing really good. He's just, he's killed the ball. Do you Not, think rookie of the year? Or do you think there's too many I mean, other guys? I mean, who else is there right now? Who else is like just killing the ball like he is? Especially a guy that no one expected to be in the rookie of the year race. Because he's 30 years old now. He just turned 30. Yeah, that's that's the weird thing about it. Like, it, there's a lot of young guys who are really good, but like, you expect them to be good because they're young and getting called up. It's not often you have a 30 year old getting called up to the majors and he just starts killing the ball out of nowhere. Yeah, when that was never like his, his, his that was never his. Uh, trying to think of the word that was never a scouting report. There we go. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think if he keeps it up at this level and finishes out the year like that, maybe ends up with like 35, 36 home runs, which definitely a possibility since there's yeah. a month of the season left. I think he could definitely be in the running for rookie of the year. If he's, not, absolutely win it. He's leading. This is just one weird stat that I found. He's leading um, NL. He might be leading all rookies in home runs. His home run to plate appearance percentage mm-hmm. is 7.9%. Actually, it's probably higher than that because this was two days ago. I did see where he was hitting a home run on average every 10.08 at bats. Yeah, which is significantly higher. And then he's he just recently else. had two back to back two home run games. Yeah, he hit five home runs over his birthday weekend. So that's pretty cool. Dude, dude's one of those guys that just balls out on his birthday. I think he'll get a couple rookie of the year votes, but I don't think he's going to. He's also looked a lot better in the field uh, as of recently. Like, I watched a video of the game. I watched some highlights of the game yesterday, and he was, I mean, he was playing really well at the hot corner. I was Mm -hmm. impressed. So the Cubs may have found a gem for about two more years until. Which I also also love the argument that, again, looking on Twitter, it was like, oh, I would take Patrick Wisdom over Chris Bryant any day. Um, Chris Bryant said he wants to play in the outfield. Yeah. So let him play in the outfield. Let, yeah, put him out there. And also, uh, he's younger. Yeah. And, and then we talked about Hermosia uh, before we started recording. I like him as the everyday center fielder going forward. Yeah. Uh, he's a great fielder. Uh, still getting the bat figured out, but he's young. He's got plenty of time to get that going. But yeah, I, now I'm imagining an outfield of Bryant in left field, Hermosia in center, and Castellanos in right. And then Hayward rotates. Yeah. Yeah, Hayward can sit now. He's getting. He can't hit anymore. I I texted Sly about this earlier. I was like, someone needs to tell Hayward right now he's on the bench until he figures out the swing. Yeah. Because no one's arguing about the glove. The glove is solid. Yeah. That's not the issue. But when you are hitting, when you're hitting in the high 100s or like possibly even mid 100s at this point, I don't even know what his batting average is. Last I knew it was like 196. It's bad. Like, that's not good enough to be in the lineup every day. Okay. Here's an idea. Here's an idea. Okay. The AL has the designated hitter. What if the NL got designated a designated fielder? fielder? 
you have someone else hit, but you have Jason Hayward play right field. Yeah. And then I guess technically you would have a designated, it would kind of be a designated hitter situation, but it would be a designated fielder because it doesn't have to, it's not for the pitcher. You can't, you actually cannot use it for the pitcher. You wouldn't be able to because, I mean, how are you going to, how would you do that for the pitcher unless you're just putting a position player there? Yeah. That's what, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So, so Jason Hayward can play right field. Jason Hayward never goes up to bat, but he just always plays right field. Yeah. I mean, that would work out great, but it's never going to happen. There we go. MLB, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather just the NL get DH, too. I'm like 50 50 on it. Yeah. I enjoyed it the year that, that they did it. Which I think was last year, right? Yeah. I thought I was during, all right. It was during COVID. I'm a very much a like, I'm a traditionalist unless something is like legitimately broken. I am like, you know what? NL hasn't had it. It's not a, they've been doing fine. Just keep it out of this. Well, my whole argument now is like, again, if you want offensive output, like, why would you not want to be? Yeah, and I get that. And that's what every that's what every sports league is going for, because offense is what brings in the money. Like NFL, higher scoring games make people watch more. Yeah. If offense are going back and forth scoring touchdowns. Baseball, I mean, the whole argument with Bud Selig in the 90s, was like, we need people hitting more home runs. So, like, why would you not want an extra hitter instead of making a pitcher hit, which not all of them are good hitters. No, they're majority or not yeah for every madison bumgarner there is a thousand kyle hendrixes and john lester's and well, lester got to hendrixes if you look at kyle hendrixes and john lester kyle hendrixes is significantly better kyle hendrixes don't hit home runs lester hits some bombs lester's hit what two home runs four hendrix, four or five hendrixes is a like he will put the ball in play somewhere and yeah get on lester went like Owen five million before he even got a hit. Yeah, because he'd first gotten into the National League. Yeah, but then once he got once he got one home, then once he got one home run, like he was he was raking. This isn't this isn't a conversation we have. Okay, a better suggestion for a pitcher you could hit Carlos Zambrano. Okay, because Zambrano had power to all fields. There we go. That dude could rake. He could hit in a time when pitchers were not raking. No, no one did that. They should have put Zambrano in the home run derby. That would have been fun to watch. That would have been sweet. All right. Uh, do you have a sports legend? I do. All right, great. Let's do it. I remember today. All right. Dead or alive? Dead or alive? Are they dead or alive? Yeah. Ah, it's good to have that back. So, Austin. Yeah. This uh, sports legend comes from the sport of NASCAR. Okay. His name, Richard Lee Petty, also known as The King. Austin, okay. is he dead or alive? Okay. Three questions. Richard E. Petty. Richard Lee Petty. Richard Lee Petty, sorry. Richard. Nicknamed the King. Okay. And I'm assuming this is different than Tom Petty. This is very different than Tom Petty. Okay. Um, Tom Petty is a musician. Yeah. Who, I mean, not part of the show, but he is dead. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Since we're in the dead or alive segment. Are both Petties dead? You can't ask that question. <laughs> okay. Uh, different question. <laughs> I almost got you. Though. I knew you were going to ask that too as soon as I said it. Okay. Uh, so first question. When was his last race? His last race. Let's see here. Uh, oh boy. 1992. Okay. 
Um, Luckily, and there's a section of his Wikipedia page called Petty's Last Ride. There we go. Uh, okay. <laughs> and Okay, second question. When did he die? You can't ask that question. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to slip. No. <laughs> Who do you think I am, Dan? Oh, man. Oh, you're going to get flack for that. I'm fine. Uh, you can come at me, bro. You know what? I'm going to say that he's dead. He died on the track in a fiery explosion. Is that your final answer? Yes. You were incorrect. Ah, dang it. Was I close? No. <laughs> what is close to dying on the track in a fiery crash? I don't know. Still getting in a fiery crash, but living? I mean, he got in several crashes, but he's alive. Oh, okay. So I got 50% of that sentence. <laughs> Richard Lee Petty was born on July 2nd, 1937. He is 84 years old. Wow. And he is currently still an owner in the NASCAR uh, series. I don't. I can't remember now what their like top. I don't know because it was. We live in the South, Dylan. You should know this. I know. I don't know it either. They change it too much. I can't keep track anymore. Yeah, that's here. Let me. Uh, just says NASCAR Cup Series now. Okay. So yeah, I guess just the Cup Series because it was the Winston Cup and um, actually when Petty first started driving, it was just the NASCAR Grand National Series. Huh. It was before they even got a sponsor. Okay. That's how old this man is. Uh, won the Grand National Series Championship in 1964 and 1967, won the Winston Cup in 1971, 72, 74, 75, and 79. He's tied with Dale Earnhardt and Jimmy Johnson for most NASCAR Cup Series Championships with seven. Wow. He's also the 1981 Daytona 500, actually, Daytona 500 winner in 1964, 66, 71, 73, 74, 79, and 81. Now, I think I actually like to petition this one because this is sports legends and NASCAR is not a sport. Is it not, though? I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion on this. Let's look. Let's look up here real quick. Stock yes. car racing is a form of automobile racing found mainly and most prominently in the United States and Canada with Australia, New Zealand, Mexico and Brazil and the United Kingdom also having forms of stock car auto racing. Uh, I was hoping it would just say right away that it was a sport. And I'm not seeing that. Uh, NASCAR is not a sport. According to the Oxford Dictionary, <laughs> a sport is defined as follows. An activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others. For they have teams. There's teams of racers. Oh, wait, actually. Oh, look at this. NASCAR. Auto racing. Sport. Sorry, hold on. This is an article. It's it an excerpt from an article that says NASCAR. Five mis misconceptions about racing amongst non-fans. So... <laughs> So it's actually a misconception that versus that <laughs> no, NASCAR sport. Is sport. Thank you for proving my point. <laughs> I win. All right. Uh, Dan, you'll tell us what Austin's record is once you listen to this now, because we're not keeping track anymore. But right, for fine, some reason whatever. you are. But that's, all right, fine. that's why we it's love you. I lost it. Richard Petty. I lost my petition. Uh, I think we can wrap it up here, though. Oh, Unless yeah. Unless you have any last thoughts on anything. Nope. nope. All right, cool. Nothing Thanks. I can think of. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We want to remind our fans to follow us on Twitter. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> listen through the Anchor app, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. I think anywhere you can get podcasts. Stitcher, MySpace. Yeah, yeah you covered it all. Uh, Tinder, you know, all the main places. Tinder? What? You can listen to podcasts on Tinder? No. 
I mean, if you also, swipe, how would you know if you swipe right, married on the, man, swipe right on the homestand on Tinder and Grinder. <laughs> swiping right on us. Uh, thanks for listening. Everybody. Well, maybe if we only put your picture up, just my, we can put yours up too. No, we, we just, can't. We just won't show the bottom part of you. <laughs> You know what? I hadn't thought of that. That's a smart move. Yeah, if we just show your face. I should just do that for my actual dating profiles. Like, just do my face and nothing else. I don't know. You still kind of look like a potato. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Austin Stevens. I'm Dylan Webster. And this has been The Homestand.